check the method, check the mode. You're locked within the book of influence. Locked within forever. The method, the mood, the mystic interlude. We take up the pain and the Get up 
Brighton Centre, four o'clock in the morning, time to kick up a storm. Now picking up our massive left, right and centre inside. United Nations doing it just like this. Yes, Bookham, throw down Bookham.
Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. 
Hey, what is, <laughs> what's up, everybody? Sorry, I realized that my interpreter was not listening. <laughs> what's up, everybody? What's happening? Good day, good day. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, one second. Turn this down real quick. How's everybody feeling? Just great. Nice. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like a past assert, so I'm on top of the world, not Dan. All right. I'm feeling like a <laughs> Oh yeah, you passed the uh, AWS sir, didn't you? Yeah, it was a oh, yeah. difficult test to take today. Like I showed up and there was this woman staring me down, and I said, "You know what? Fuck your, fuck your nostalgia. I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna pass this shit. I'll walk right back out." That's what happened. Good deal. Congrats. Thanks, man. Appreciate it because even stepping into it, I was like completely lost, smoking cigarettes in the parking lot, thinking like, "Oh goddamn, what's gonna happen?" But felt good, get it done. Hell yeah! Also, anybody else do anything cool this weekend? Uh, I'm gonna CTFs. CTFs, nice. I, I'm gonna be soldering and probably cutting my hands again during the uh, the stream. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, oh one second. Give me a second to just fix this other thing. <laughs> Everything's breaking with the stream here. You wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, it's all good. Doing it live. What else could we do, right? At least the computer didn't catch on fire. Yet. Yet. I get back down hack the box this week. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mid hacker rank. In like uh, two mm-hmm. two weeks, nice. which is better than I had done in the last like year of hack the box. Good can stuff. I ask you? Can I ask you how you feel about the current set of Unix versus Windows boxes? Like, like, uh, like the the ratio or yeah, yeah. Like in terms of te- it seems like oh. Windows is coming yeah. up uh, quite a bit in terms of actually exploiting stuff. Just curious what I, your take on it is. Yeah, I I won't lie. Like I wanted to create a team, so I just organized the the boxes by order of difficulty and started with the easiest and did the five easiest and got to ha- hacker rank as fast as possible. Okay. Uh, I think there was only one Windows box in that set. Yeah, that I did. It's pretty appropriate. All right. So it seems that the Streamlabs uh, voice, like uh, Discord voice thing, just stopped working entirely. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I will have you know there is a shitload of people in the voice chat, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, just making sure that everybody does know that. So don't complain. <laughs> um, but yeah. So hello, everybody. Welcome to Thug Crowd episode 51. Uh, this is the first anniversary special. So we started a year ago tomorrow. Are there 52 weeks a year? Yes, we took one week off. 
and that was it. And also, we don't we also don't canonically count or haven't canonically counted the ten other episodes we did. So realistically, this is episode like sixty one or sixty two. Um, so yeah, but I guess um, yeah, this is our fifty first week, I guess, of doing the show, which is crazy. Happy Just birthday! Out of, uh, out of some you. related information, if you have a baby and you don't, it's not born at a hospital. You don't have to register its birth until it's like five. So. Uh, useful information for so we have four more years till we get us have to get a social security number right yeah we've got like three babies here you gotta give a congratulations though to mullet report here and youngless massive tell them uh you know good job keeping this community going it's awesome yeah thanks yeah yeah we've definitely uh done a lot of stuff and we'll be talking about it a bit more kind of just discussing things we've done in the past year it's been um, a very eventful year definitely has especially for just a random ass podcast that just has been held together by glue essentially um the hard work it's like pill it's held together by pill <laughs> yes yes it's definitely just God. a bunch of minified uncommented pearl is what we have held our, our podcast together in read only it code may... yes we've had some glue but like we decided to sniff it yeah, okay. <laughs> we've been having the glue. <laughs> so, if anyone would like to donate extra glue, um, you know how to contact us. <laughs> glue at thugcrowd.com. <laughs> we will make that email. Um, but yo, oh, throw plasmas in here. What's up, pla- plasmas? Um, but yo, so yeah, we got a lot of news to cover. Um, so I posted the show notes in here, I'll post them again. Um, also, let us know what happens with your browser when these uh, fireworks render, because apparently they do some wacky stuff in d- different ones, because this is very old JScript, better known as JavaScript now, or JS. Um, I think it's JavaScript from like 1998 or something like that. Like, the the, the uh, system requirements on running it were like a Pentium 4. So I was like, uh, <laughs> I think I have a little that right now but sure um, it also <laughs> it isn't time-based it's actually just based on your cpu cycles so um uh-huh. runs faster or slower based on how fast your computer is so and don't forget to turn off turbo button yes oh yeah <laughs> definitely enjoy it in your mobile browser too <laughs> Good stuff. it actually runs significantly faster in chrome than it does in edge interesting probably from for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I love that uh that what well, part of the Edge campaign at one point was it's faster than all of the other browsers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Super quick. Pew pew. I actually oh, yeah. think it looks better in Edge because it's a little bit slower. So Yeah, it looks nice on my phone because my phone is just at that speed. I uh before before we start everything, I know it's gonna sound weird coming from uh, use Mike and Slings. I want to give like a huge shout out to you for all the like <laughs> crazy ASCII art that he's made over these like weeks in our show notes. Like every time I look in the show notes, I'm just like, damn, that was good as hell. Yeah, you <laughs> you're so legacy yeah. hurts, bro. But thanks for giving it OG. <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, we, it all started, that started specifically with Jason Scott. I was trying to impress him by having a cool NFO, um, and then it just turned into me trying to make a better one every week. Um, so it's cool. I do a lot of, uh, ASCII art and the downtimes of having to listen to work trainings and things, so. 
good stuff. Hopefully my boss is not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You were paying attention to the training today. I was, <laughs> I was in here, I walked in, and he was just intently listening. Just saying. <laughs> good stuff. Um, but yo, yo. Um, wait a second. Oh, yeah, and DNZ, yeah, the name list is missing from the stream because somehow they, uh, I don't know what happened. Something just broke with the Streamlab stuff, so. But we'll be uh, revamping this whole box and everything soon. We'll uh, explain a little bit more about that later. But yeah, we should, I guess, unless anybody has anything to say before we go into the news, just we have a bunch of news to cover. That'd be oh, great. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So the first story of the news is pretty ridiculous. I mean, knew this was going to happen, obviously. Uh, this is the FBI had access to Family Tree's DNA database before they were had formal cooperation between them and the uh, company. So the FBI has like a 23andMe and a couple other uh, DNA companies where they um, they allow them to use their database for uh, investigatory work. So they caught like the Golden State Killer and a couple other people who had cold cases like murders and stuff. But the FBI was like, I guess, uploading like weird shit to their servers and like trying to just use their API without like properly asking them to do so, which I mean, Family Tree DNA probably shouldn't have had some sort of free API for anyone to use to download data from DNA sequences. But uh, <laughs> the fact that the FBI was already in there just kind of abusing it is um, pretty, I guess, par for the course. But then the FBI had said basically, like, we're going to keep using this, like, regardless. So just let us do it, or we'll just subpoena a bunch of stuff every single time we need any data, which would just be a huge legal nightmare for them. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's a pretty common tactic, by the way. We'll jam you up in court. Well, yep. yeah, yeah. I feel if you were the guy, like if you're the guy who gets the thing that says, and the cops are like, "Hey, we're gonna come back with a warrant," like you should probably tell them, like, "Okay, come back with a warrant." Yep. Yeah, especially if you're a business, like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it definitely comes down to. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it definitely comes down to like the like business ethics of a company. A lot of companies like just don't want to fight, and then you see companies who are all about that same. Oddly, I don't. I haven't heard that any of these companies have fought it in court, even to this day. Oh yeah, not like not like these companies, but you know. Like a lot of bits and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Jumping the issue. This is sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say this is this is my main concern with the AA bill in Australia. Um yeah, I keep sure. saying it, like they're gonna start issuing these TCNs to all these companies and they're gonna implement, you know, these backdoors. They're not gonna delete the code, they're gonna keep it in Git, and every single time there's a warrant, they're gonna fire it up. Eventually, these you know these things are going to get too cumbersome, so they're just going to go fuck it. Here's our data feed, and all of a sudden we've got a dragnet. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's just how the story's go- gone for a lot of things, and that will continue to go for anything where just mad law enforcement says to jump in and just say, "Yo, do what we're going to say, or we're going to fuck you in court." Yeah, hey, like, I- definitely. It's not a case where you should say like be a dick about it and be like. Come back with a warrant, motherfucker! Like you know, like Kiwi Labs guy that we saw last week. That's not the greatest approach, but obviously yeah. not just like bending over and being like, like bowing and being like, yes, whatever you wish. Like that's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Well, so, it's, but isn't isn't DNA sort of like a a close like a finite data set though? 
Like if you have enough people's DNA and you just wait long enough, don't you have everyone's DNA? Yeah. Like future yeah. Well, and, generations. Absolutely. You know, and if you if you share DNA with somebody and somebody puts their DNA on 23andMe or whatever. I put then my DNA on a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are they probably have a good a good amount at this point. So when yeah. detector tests cool. determined that was your baby. So what, what were you saying, Plasmas, though? For uh, yeah, what I was getting at is is uh, if you have uh, you know if you have shared genetics with somebody and mm-hmm. that person uploads their DNA, you don't even need to be uploading your DNA, right? Like I, I'd imagine yeah. that there's some yeah. information that can be gleaned from that, so you don't even need to have everybody's. Well, DNA. yeah, when you looked at the case where they first like came out and were like, "Ha ha, surprise!" with like the Golden State uh, killer or whatever it was, it was if you read it. Uh, closely, it says like a second cousin. We're like, and they just worked backwards from there, right? Mm-hmm. Because especially yeah. with crimes like that, where you know the killer is a uh, of a certain age and from a certain area, right? You don't need to like you can know one member of his family, and there are only so many people in that entire like. That's not a very large like even like set of people. Right. Yeah. The most value comes from the third party anyway, not the first party submitting. So you need to think about that and like mm-hmm. how well educated you you know your I think immediate one... family is and what they submit <laughs> in terms of you know willing uh, if you are aren't committing crimes. That's the most important thing. Third party yeah. information. Yeah, I think it's also uh, interesting that it's kind of it's almost like a pseudoscience at the po- at this point. Like we're. I, who's actually familiar with it? Like, are we sure that they're actually keying off the right markers? Like, bite mark uh, analysis in courts have been invalidated recently. Oh, yeah. By, by, yeah, by like a lot of uh, yeah, experts that came forward and said it's not accurate science. There's been people yeah. that have made cases for that, for specific stuff, because people have gone to jail over DNA evidence that have been proven to have not been them through other means. But that's insane to then think, no, we have your DNA. You were here. You killed this person. And then it's not actually your DNA or it's like yeah. some weird glitch. Like, who knows? But it's it's not an exact science. It's definitely it's used for a bunch of different things that are useful for, you know, uh, I guess, being able to do something. But it's not like a set in stone kind of thing. Yeah, and like it's like the Theranos thing, right? Where it's like that was a complete fucking total mess but like if it looks good from the outside people just assume whatever yeah, but you know I mean, yeah there's I, always chain of custody there's how the labs are run there's you know a whole bunch of different things that you can't see like when yeah, you see a DNA, DNA you see the results you don't see the process but DNA contamination is like a massive thing as well so even where the sample is taken from is totally contaminated with every police officer who was there which i think yeah. we covered in an earlier story where like uh police officers were exempt from giving dna samples in uh somewhere where they were i forget oh it was well a couple of, weeks of course you give a free pass to the police i mean they don't need to be checked it'll honestly be cool to see how algorithms connect back to like keyboard inputs and what people are actively doing on like a certain set time or <laughs> As yeah. More and more data is collected. Okay. You're going to see these algorithms kind of almost—I won't say perfect, but you know, kind of perfect themselves in a sense to as far as who's doing what, when, and why. Yeah. Well, maybe we can just track down the violent people based on their DNA, or yeah. predict and, uh, when they're going to 
violent based oh, on God. based on the uh, people that they were related to. So if you're related to a criminal, then you might. <laughs> oh God! Starring Tom Cruise. Yeah, there going downhill fast here. Scientology <laughs> says what? So okay, so, so uh, I, 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 I find <laughs> the final point on this, I think, is definitely DNA science is like the machine learning and blockchain of the forensics world. And it definitely does not apply to every situation. And it also is very uh, muddied and should be considered as such. But regardless, there are a lot of cool things you can glean from DNA um, data about yourself and about potential diseases and things you might have. So it's a hit or miss kind of situation. But the next story that we got on here is incredible. And I can't wait to talk about it. This Lithuanian guy who pleads guilty to scamming Google and Facebook out of $123 million. That is, this is the best scam that I've ever heard of in my entire yeah. life. Because it's this, like, if there's anything that tells you that a company is too big, it's the fact that they can get taken, they can have that much money taken from them without any accountability or knowing. And they can buy themselves out of the legal system, right? Well, <laughs> absolutely. So the the gist of the story was this person had had made a fake company that had a similar name to a hardware vendor that Facebook and Google use for data center services, and they uh, just sent them invoices saying you guys owe me for like this blade or whatever, and he just racked up literally 123 million dollars in bills that were fake. So then, Jesus, to keep the money. That's so crazy. Yeah, for three years. Yeah, for three years between uh, 2013 and 2015, he did this. It's kind of fucking greedy, right? He could have had a fake uh, cupcake factory <laughs> and just charged like like 500 bucks a week. <laughs> when I first read the story, I thought that he, I thought that they were the he forged documents and stuff. Because honest to God, I was gonna, I was gonna write something like this. Like, why don't you just make a company that submits fake bills to everybody? Yeah. And then wait until somebody pays. Somebody's gonna be stupid enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, people do it all the time. Crime. <laughs> so that's the, the the problem is that's still criminal. And there's technically a better way of doing this without the uh, heavy fraud aspect of this, which is just <laughs> go and contact, like basically find all the people who are very wealthy to the point where they've at least got a uh, an assistant, right? There then we go. send them wedding invites. The assistant's gonna be like, "Yeah, my my person's not going there, but here's a gift." Wow, and, oh, that is ingenious. <laughs> this is yeah. such an oddly specific scheme. Yeah, <laughs> have you done that before? It sounds like something. Yeah, yeah it sounds like you have some experience. experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people roll the DNS yeah. um, DNS records all the time, and I get you know um, bills for all these domains that you know. I don't even own anymore so they're using old records mm -hmm. and you know they say all right you it's up for renewal it's like what the fuck yeah like they just try to like charge you on like old who is data yeah I mean, couldn't well, you just give people some good advice and then charge them a consulting fee well that's <laughs> like a consulting fee for reading a news story about google and be like i did some research for you here's my bill or your consult, oh. your consultation was just to give them money or give your company money. Now this year, yeah, so yeah. Was, was the initial. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a learning experience. Good idea. Yeah, yeah, we're you about fraud. Money. yeah right. It's a learning oh, experience. What's crazy is specifically he got a hundred million dollars from Facebook, which is incredible. 
because yeah, there's really. very little things that people can do to fight against Facebook. And as much as I do not uh, advocate for somebody to do this kind of fraud, I think it's just funny that they, they are just that big that they can lose $100 million in data center bills without anybody noticing. Yeah. yeah. When you fight against Facebook at this point, you should really just say fight against the government because yeah. it is what it is now. And well, I, I don't mean, think that was to be game. fair, to be totally fair, Facebook have made a hundred million dollars off him, so whatever. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's quite interesting. I think the story says he's only giving up fifty million. Yes, I read. Yeah. So like I think one million unaccounted for. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Even if they give him the full thirty years, he's set for life. <laughs> well, he's he's already fifty, so when he gets out of these, you know, how many? It said nine tops, nine for hundred fifty million or hundred seventy million. Jesus. Yeah, but that's yeah, like two percent of their income. That's literally like chump change to them. That's like legal fees to them. That's it's like, like nothing. <laughs> I mean, if I'm still trying to make it at fifty, you guys have the you know legal obligation. Go ahead and kill me. It's personally okay. I would appreciate <laughs> it. So it's disgusting. Oh, so the next story is kind of dark and fucked up. This is uh, hotel guests, or 1,600 hotel guests were secretly live-streamed to 4,000-plus subscribers. So these people in Korea had set up a bunch of hidden cameras in a, a lot of different hotels and motels um, in Korea, and they were just selling access to live streams of people's uh, hotel rooms. Were there angle options, you? Wait, what? Were there options on angles? There's Probably. Honestly, streams. this is this. Though there was there's streams and there was like video on demand of of uh, hotel rooms and stuff. Like I mean, so you could. Yeah. What? Uh, what? Was there a certain chain of hotels or? Uh, I don't know if there's a certain chain. I think they were kind of just all over the place. It was, it, the article said like uh, they implanted 42 cameras in. In 30, like, in 30 hotels, yeah. Yeah, in 10 30 cities. motels in 10 cities. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot of different, uh, like, ground to cover, but, I mean, it's definitely really diverse, um, and it's just a lot of content. And the fact that there's 4,000 people that are subscribed to this is fucked. It's, it's yeah, uh, insane. It's 40, I think the funniest, bit, What's up? The funny, the funniest bit about the whole story is uh, the South Korean government ran an extensive campaign which led to the inspection of thousands of public toilets for hidden. Yeah, because the, the, yeah, yeah, there were the those as well. Like, the people had been doing that as well and just selling. It's just, it's like pretty frightening to think that there's just, there could be something like that where you could just be on a camera in a hotel room. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing anything. The fact that you're just on a live stream getting, like, that's just, that's horrifying, you know? Like, that's yeah. my butthole. It's the, uh, <laughs> it's literally like, <laughs> The uh, plot of some of these like terrible like dark web movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. Are we not all that. already that paranoid? I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't mind if someone could identify me by my butthole because if you've seen it by then, I mean, <laughs> fuck. It's just, yeah, it's fucking weird, honestly. Well, it's just like how many people saw that, like you know, and just didn't think to talk about it at all, like. Probably a lot. Yeah. Well, and also, it, it's yeah. hard because when you start saying, like, unless you have the technical knowledge to be able to pull something apart and identify it as a camera rather than, like, say, like a heating unit. Yeah. 
Well, no, I'm saying like pulling apart like an actual device and being able to recognize that it's like a cell phone camera that has like a, or is like a, it's a camera that has like a, you know, a cell phone modem or something, a data connection um, of some kind. Like normal people, when you look at a PCB, they don't know what that is. They don't know what to expect from it. So it's, it's crazy to think like people who would, who may have even interacted with it, not knowing what it is, is pretty scary too. That's a good point. What I mean, because like, as far as disclosures were given, was there anything as far as what type of devices were used? I don't, I don't know specifically what they had, what they had put into there, but there's, there's different like spy cameras that you can just buy that are, you know, consumer grade off like Alibaba or something. Um, The takeaway is destroy your fucking hotel room. (laughs) Yeah, well, there is a over the toilet seat before you sit on. Need a James Bond style. Not back at all. <laughs> so if you do destroy your your hotel Good room morning. and you don't find the camera, oh. it actually makes for like the most requested vod. For, so you. Would have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it counts as a pen test, and you can send a fucking bill. Destroys the hotel room online. Well, I mean. It, it almost... counts in a pen test as soon as you see the literal yeah. asshole, but yeah. Oh there is a there is a, a photo of, of one of the cameras there, and it's basically just a wall plate with like a pin hole. Like it's pretty oh, awful. To me, if I'm looking at that, I'll be like, that looks pretty fucking weird. Like, <laughs> well, like you look under a toilet seat and you see anything extruding from it, right? Or a pinhole, yeah. and you're like, hmm, questionable. Some, some electronics in the toilet. That's kind of weird. <laughs> What what is the protocol if you find a camera in a hotel and you're in a foreign country? What what do you really do? You you point it directly at your asshole. (laughs) You yell you yell in the best Chinese you can possibly think of at the given moment. You know, just make a hammer. Johnny Ma, that's it. That's all I got. All right, yeah, let's get on to the next, before we get too, too into talking about buttholes. Uh, the next story here uh, is about Facebook as well. This is also insane. Facebook found out that they had stored hundreds of millions of user passwords in plain text for years, since like 2012. And there's been down, about 20,000 people who have had access to these logs. Dude, found out. Somebody is like, some gray beard was there the whole time. And he's like, I'm just not saying shit. absolutely i wonder how many how many times they had to justify it in whatever sort of compliance they were doing for pii like this is absolutely insane i've seen this at multiple companies like it's yeah happens yeah i I just wonder how long long it's going to be before pip is an acronym personal identifiable penis 20 minutes right now where's where's my cricket sound effect so I this is like I don't know it's just pretty pretty scary to think just with with Facebook having hundreds of millions of, of people's data just in databases it's all of this with with the bills and with this it speaks to the companies getting literally so big that they cannot keep track of their assets or what is coming or going and it, it's frightening when it's you know people rely on Facebook to send you know information to their family members like facebook is subsidized in a lot of countries and it's like the only internet some people have and like the fact that there's just that happening and it just opens up the door to so many different horrific things and there's literally no accountability for facebook to do anything about this like they'll they'll have a krebs you know report about it they'll have some outrage they'll have a congressional hearing but realistically not very much stuff is going to actually happen behind the scenes to make it any better yeah. it's well, it's still business as usual at facebook like yeah it's a loophole I think for if now, you so if you want 
Go ahead. I was going to say, if, if you were implementing um, a change to the way passwords are stored as well, like part of your process needs to be some sort of migration and checking against that. Because like, if you think about changing from, say they went from plain text to MD5 to Bcrypt or something like that, along the way, there needs to be the backwards compatibility for, um, so the, the, the login function now becomes like longer every time you, you add something. Yep. So you have so, to think like, okay, I, when the user logs in, it migrates their password. But then after a set amount of time, it just, you have to go like, right, it's been two weeks. They haven't logged in. Next time they log in, they're going to have to set a new password. That's the end. Like, you know, so they're going to have to recover it or something like that. You guys ever discussed it about the infancy model that uh, Facebook has um, adopted and taken advantage of? Because that's kind of like the, you know, the current state and things we live in is because these rules weren't defined to begin with. It's something that they've fully been able to adopt, morph, and take advantage of. What, that's the move yeah. fast break stuff meme? Well, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like they're they're literally defining the rules for future, you know, social media or whatever the else hell happens, but they're also making a good good amount of chump change on this. Like, so, yeah. this is pretty much inexcusable. Like, they can't say that they don't have good security people at Facebook, and they know what systems they need to protect the most. Like, they're covering their own fucking asses first. Yeah, they just don't they know what they're about to get away with and make money. This, yeah. This specific issue was with logging passwords, wasn't it? Versus actually storing them in... in yeah, I mean, logs everything there. With logging so passwords, not... like, you really have to, I mean, come up with a way to kind of obfuscate it in the logs. Yeah, they need to tokenize it and, and scrub it out, really, is what they mm -hmm. should, should be thinking about. Um, but but I, I don't think it's quite as, you know, clear-cut as, you know, that somebody was touching the password function. It's yeah. a little bit, but it's still, you know, very bad. But if you work there and you, if you work there and you're sketchy and you know where to look, like most devs probably would, if they know, oh, that's just the 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 log that just has everything plain text. It's probably like a thing that people know about. It just it it doesn't have any accountability for the fact that you could just then use that to just log in and you know override whatever sort of protection that might be in in place or do whatever. I mean, Facebook probably has a shitload of technology in place for being able to like override certain protection things. So like yeah. it probably can... makes uh hmm? probably makes debugging easier. That that's probably the real reason. <laughs> well I mean the yeah, fact so... that this is a story means that someone found it means that anyone could find it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I guess it was from the logging... story. Go ahead, dude. So from the logging perspective, like uh some of the stuff I've dealt with previously has been where devs decide that uh, log level debug is default and log level uh info is is prod right yep. and then they set they set prod like the in prod they set prod like you when if you're going to be logging you should be logging as little as possible unless you're in dev mode and also the other thing is with like say post data just as an example but or you know maybe through microservices the backend login servers whatever um you know just taking a lot of the time just taking like Whatever is sent and like take like you know string a file like make a JSON object or whatever and dump it in this file is like pretty common. Like also don't do that because you don't yeah. can't always trust everything. You should really like you can have a catch-all, but think about that as like the ultimate verbose debug mode that you only run in your like very turn like very verbose set parameters. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, and it, 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 if it was a five-man dev shop, it would be excusable. But 
you know, Facebook has security engineers, they have people whose job it is to, to look at this kind of thing, right? It seems like that should Except to say so. It could so still be a five-man dev team at this point. It likely is. Yeah. <laughs> For the logging infrastructure, yeah. on the, the best of the best logs or the most verbose logs, it probably is like around five people. Regardless, I'm sure they kept logs of yeah, Stamos, if you're listening, ping us too, right? Like if you if you grab yeah, the say they're gonna hand those. It's just it's fucking crazy in terms of yeah. yeah it's just like I feel like there's as these as these organizations scale. Yes, as you said, Zuff, they're setting the rules for how you actually do this. Like they're setting best practices. Like tons of the of the social media and the big you know tech companies are creating like frameworks. They're creating like the whole concept of like agile development stuff like that like the things that are the processes that have to be put in place for them that big but at the same time it's like you have to also realize that like in your development process of doing this stuff too like you have to take in the into consideration some of the most basic principles that just like i feel like it lost in the wayside of trying to like rethink and and, and restructure like practices as a whole um yeah so that's exactly what i'm saying you is in, in terms of them having like you know a percentage of the populace in hand and what they're doing they're going to be the people who define rule sets going forward they're not the people who are exactly following them and they never will be they're not going to be on the forefront of security and that's just the way it is it's sick and saddening but so uh the next story that we have in here we should get into before we uh go too much further into this one too is the whole aces thing so this was pretty pretty gnarly so if anybody hasn't heard about this one this uh, Asus, some people had done a straight supply chain attack on Asus and had signed with their own code. Everything was the same channel that they would do to update um, Asus hardware. Um, they had installed backdoors on, or malicious updates on about half a million Windows machines. Um, but the caveat to this is that only about 600 of them were actually targeted, which is the most mysterious thing <laughs> when you have literally backdoor shells on 500,000 Windows machines through a supply chain attack, and you're only looking for 600, that is quite mysterious. It sounds like it was Russia. <laughs> so when we're to- with this as well, though, are we talking... So the, the update was... The update chain was obviously attacked, but it was at the factory, right? So they obviously had access to more than just this. Like why? Like, did they actually attack the uh, like firmware, or was this only updates? No. When you think about this, it's like third-party utility that Asus had installed, which would be classified as bloatware, which concerns me a lot because it seems like people who I don't know, six hundred those are pretty low numbers. So you think about that in terms of how many people actually re-image what they're using and like load a base image of something. Versus those who just, you know, domain joins something that has third-party blowware on it and hand it out. That bloatware updates, like, the firmware anyway. That's, like, what I'm sort of getting at. Like, they could have pushed lot, like, a lot Yeah, well, I mean, it's 600 that they found in the current iteration, right? We don't know how long they've had a foothold in there. And we also don't know what other ma- motherboard manufacturers they're currently in. Yep, absolutely. One of the one of the MAC addresses, the default uh, VMware, you know, uh, NIC adapter 
which I, I can't imagine why someone would run a virtual machine that has this ASUS software update bullshit on it. But okay. if you did, if you were running this stuff in VMware and you use the like standard E1000 net fucking NIC adapter, then your MAC address matched one of the 600. So that 600 is misleading. Yeah. Oh, wait, I, was that the, was that the host? the host mac or a guest mac the guest mac but the guest mac's the same for the default so, nick i mean we could guess that potentially they developed it in vmware that, that they were reversing <laughs> exactly. it in vmware yeah maybe yeah and that's an interesting take is because like i don't know like coming from a windows enterprise standpoint like anything that i'm given is re-imaged to begin with like if i receive it it's re-imaged it doesn't matter what the fuck it is or who it comes from Mm-hmm. Um, they also like why this this story is a little weird is because I almost want to see the data that comes from it being like who the hell actually just hands stuff out and uh, and uses it you know and trusts the third party or the manufacturer to actually install proper software or proper tool sets for companies to use or well, enterprises for that matter. Well, yeah, that's assuming that it was delivered through that uh, that method or that means. Like they were also available to come down through other methods, weren't they? From like, what I was seeing, it's all tied to the ASUS update tool being something that would have been third party. But I think Windows. that was just like the stager, right? Like it pulled down a second. Yeah, that was like a drop off. Yeah. Essentially. So yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see like the the second stage of it would be interesting to see if that was used somewhere else too. Does anyone have uh, a notebook that they feel like changing the MAC address on? <laughs> oh, well, that's a good idea. Uh, I like it. People were trying to figure it out. Actually, Hermit was opening it up to um, the the executable to see what sort of, if there was an internal list or an API endpoint, but it didn't seem to make any network calls. Um, so it must be hard-coded in the binaries somewhere. Mm. Yeah, it's, the just, binary? it's just hashed. Yeah. Well, no, the, the Kaspersky tool that you can use to check. Yeah, it doesn't make any um, calls. Yeah, the Mac, the, the Macs are are hashed. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, does somebody have the binary? Actually, it could. Uh, sorry, just side note. If you were running it in VMware, maybe that was like part of its sandbox detection. Maybe the six. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like maybe yeah. they added that thing. Maybe it acts different. And yeah, absolutely. VMware, you know, maybe it's not actually 600. Maybe it's like way bigger. Yeah, I think it was VMware like product negative. specific. Like if you're running Workstation or Player locally, or it's the the what's it called the OUI that's assigned to VMware uh, virtual yeah. machines. The uh, prefix to them. Well, also, I mean, you could think if someone does have VMware installed, right? It's probably not your average you know, person. It's probably a dev of some kind working at some place. Looking for the easiest way. Makes sense. So, I mean, it's just an indicator of, like, what kind of person is using that PC. Seems like you, you wouldn't want to trigger if you were running within VMware. But this is a list of MAC addresses that it does trigger on, right? Yeah. What would they actually be, like, looking for, though? That's up to... <laughs> 
a lot of practice. Well, oh, yeah, the, no, they're looking. They're looking for. <laughs> they're looking for a specific market. You know, like if you if you look at uh, like uh, Walmart and the uh, uh, machines they sell at Christmas. You know, those are that's like a specific set of machines that are yeah, they... at a specific time in specific places. Which also and... is interesting because like. You know, state level people aren't going to purchase consumer level machines. Well, well, the fact that they had these MAC addresses to begin with, and 600 right. of them, means that they did a really good deal of like recon a, before. Like, there was a lot of thought that went there's into There's very this. few agencies or very few state actors that I would be interested in looking at for that. And uh, all I'm going to say is there's no such, uh, no such place like that that exists. No such agency, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone actually come out to say these are our, you know, these are our nicks? No, and Kaspersky is not sharing the information, even mm, though they've cracked all the hashes. That's because it's straight out of Russia. Yeah, I mean, if it was you though, if you if it, if they were your nicks, would you come out and say it? Like I wouldn't. Oh yeah, we just got yeah. targeted by this like you know thing. Like no. Well, yeah. Anyone who like has that information, right, isn't going to give it up. Because first yeah. of all, like that's going to make stock prices player. drop very, like, very hard, right? If they're a company. If they're a company. Yep. Yeah, but it's just um, either way, like telling, like saying that isn't in many people's best interest as, just you know, one as thing a corporation. To, one thing to point out: it doesn't like they don't have to be targeting. The person that they're targeting, they can be target targeting a second uh, factor, second degree person, like a loved one that's in the same home, and that's an implant in the home with a hot mic potentially. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Yahoo Yahoo pivot from the home piece? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. So a lot of things like also, you know, your bring bring from home devices as well. Maybe this is just a uh, a scheme by Kaspersky to to gather a list of MAC addresses. <laughs> hey, so we just uh, got uh, the Twitter link in the chat. Thanks to uh, that's a zero. AC yeah. Oh, oh, XAC. We got a uh, that's a link to the, uh, a tweet with the GitHub details for anyone who's interested in digging deeper. Oh yeah. So let's move on to the next story here. This is pretty cool. Um, some researchers had found 36 new security flaws in the LTE protocol, including uh, disrupting base stations, uh, blocking incoming calls, disconnecting users from a mobile network, setting spoofed SMSs, and being able to eavesdrop and manipulate user traffic. This was all found through fuzzing, which is pretty dope. So these things sound new. Some of them, they're they're saying some of them, there's 51 they had found, 36 are new, and 15 were previously identified. Yeah, it definitely sounds like some, like, spoofing SMSs is uh, an inherent problem, I guess, for example. Um, Maybe it's a new method of doing it, but I, like, just the whole way it looks. The system itself is the problem. Yeah, I think it's this is more just uh, on the protocol level, like from the actual like, uh, like requests themselves, probably. Yeah. So who's who's asking for five G? Really? 
I mean, President Trump. <laughs> Fuck, like, at what point will you actually like care as a consumer? How many videos is he trying to watch at once, young? <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> so a, a, big, a large chunk of Australia actually runs on the mobile network because there is no copper in the ground out in the, the in the outback. There's like no, there is no copper. So this is the backhaul for. Uh, a lot of people who do have copper at their house, it is like uh, 3 and 4G in between. Yeah, so is 5G, so is 5G enticing? Like, we want 5G, because I feel like in America, um, it's just kind of being thrust upon people. Totally. Like, hey, you need 5G. And people are like, well, why the fuck? My YouTube videos look fine. I can watch Netflix. Why the fuck do I need yeah. 5G? And you have data caps anyway, so it's like... Yeah, I think it's not a case... Well, it's obviously it's... insecure, so that's why we now need 5G, right? Yeah, I don't think it's a matter if you want 5G or not. It's a case of, like, uh, if the camera in your smartphone is getting better and people start uploading 4K videos to YouTube because they don't know they're uploading 4K videos to YouTube, then all of a sudden... <laughs> everybody's doing 4k and they're like oh why is it slow now it used to be fast and yep. by the nature of a foldable screen though <laughs> I, I hope so. that's so wild um I, I think it's an important question that people need to ask though like like 4k uh, uh, 4k is is great but like seriously why yeah, there's a lot of questions about this. It's all a lot of marketing too. A lot of people are already advertising 5G and 6G. Exactly. <laughs> go on, go on Alibaba and look at the phones. Good for 10G phones. 5G, <laughs> 5G is G. <laughs> no one understands what the the G for generation. You know, <laughs> in, in in like 10 years, someone's gonna listen to this uh, podcast and it's gonna sound like someone saying. Uh, why do we need 56k modems when we've got 28 8 or absolutely whatever, but, i yeah. we, we sound we sound awesome and i hope i hope somebody does listen in 10 years <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> i think the the 5g spec as well like radio engineers putting it together um is it's pretty extensive like there's a lot of moving parts to these uh generational networks as well um that certain parts become redundant and then uh you know they're deprecated but they have to stick around like specifically with the huawei business where they're they've stopped using like a certain vendor and they're pulling it out and now like that is going to increase the cross vendor um you know compatibility now it's it's a pretty complex machine so i'm not very surprised that 36 volumes that, that doesn't sound like that many when you, you think about how, like the complexity of building these massive networks that span you know, whole countries. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a lot, though, that people will be able to leverage, especially law enforcement, and that's what's not cool. <laughs> well, thirty-six bug doors definitely just got burned, but yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I think it's crazy that people are freaking out about five G and not so much three or four. Like here in SoCal, like people are concerned about the health concerns of five G, and we never heard that before with three G or four G. No, yeah, we definitely did. There was but a it's lot of rumors about push down. Um, yeah, someone in the chat said 5G causes cancer. 
Uh, yeah, and there was a bunch of news reports about birds falling dead from the sky because of 5G tests, which, uh, well, I don't know what to think about that. It interferes with their signal, clearly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. actually getting real tight. Um, but yo, let's talk about the next story here. This is pretty interesting, too. These are just fake Center for Disease Controls. Uh, warning about a flu pandemic that just puts... Uh, pushes a GAN crab ransomware on your computer. This sucks. It's like having, I mean, the the emails themselves don't look that official. They look real shitty. And it's like, if you're really going to try to do a frame break campaign, I guess you got to like, got to step it up a little bit. But the fact that there's so, that there's like people that freak out about like disease pandemics and vaccines and stuff like that. They're the people that are just gonna click on this kind of shit and just get around. Is there a GoFish oh. template that can try? Huh? Is there a GoFish template that can try? Uh, I mean, you can just make You're one. Right. Just You're go right. sign up for the CDC mailing list, copy it, and put your own link in there. It's not hard. I don't get how people are just grabbing the shittiest possible Google image result of CDC. It's actually presently influenza activity is severely elevated. Stuff. Like, so okay. I've got a picture I'm here with a, with a fucking clock and twenty four seven. There's a picture right. with something so that looks get, like a cell. Get vaccinated. I don't get how people are so bad at phishing though. It's like, <laughs> as far as making the the emails, I mean, it sucks that people are still clicking on this. And there's still a click rate, but like Jesus, yeah, Christ. it still works. That sucks. So things that I've never had anything to do with, like phishing or um, you know, spam campaigns or anything like that. That um, preface is totally not sketchy. What's up? <laughs> so when th there's actually uh, some tests that sh well, have shown that sometimes when an email looks like it's not quite like when our website is like not quite perfectly like um, professional, that people think that they're sort of getting in on something that they're like getting like there's like this mentality that oh I'm finding out about this you know. Thing. With the CDC, yeah. it might be a little different, but I think with <laughs> campaigns, I think that like it doesn't. Sometimes being a little bit shitty is mm -hmm. is better. Like it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm talking about when you're spoofing a government agency, which is you know interesting approach to do. But when you're doing that, there's the templates they already send out as an email. It's not hard. Maybe yeah. they, well, uh, maybe the person who made the template didn't actually want it to work. <laughs> Perhaps the other it's thing is just had ethical uh, concerns. So I think that if you take the the idea of maybe they're getting in on something, like think about the mentality of an anti-vaxxer who is mm. a blind anti-vaxxer, not somebody who has a reason for like their kid is allergic or something like that, but like a, a straight up blind flat earther anti-vaxxer who gets this email and, be, and is like, I want to hear about this live flu pandemic. And like clicks on the <laughs> and gets ransom because that's such a critical thinker. Like, yeah, I feel like that, this would work really well against them. I think I hear what you're saying. You're saying thin the herd, send more emails like this. <laughs> no, there's there's I mean, a legitimate strategy here where um, spam emails will have bad grammar because if you're too fucking stupid to notice that a message has misspellings 
you're most likely going to fall for the fucking scam. I mean, yeah, I people heard are stupid, that. right, Readme? So, like, this this comes back to, like, user education and knowing when people should report what, when, and why. Um, there are plenty of, like, campaigns and free resources that let you do, like, self-teaching, even to, like, employees that you think are dumber than shit. And they could pretty much just, you know, populate addresses and send it out and have people, you know, pass or fail a phishing test. And I think phishing tests are very important for anyone looking to defend an enterprise. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, don't get in, don't give enough credit where credit's due. Like if this is something people are actually looking to remediate against, it's something that's not going to happen. Um, I have plenty of people who report things to me on like a weekly basis even. And it'll just say, hey, this looks fishy. Can you check it out? I'll say, oh, yeah, it's fishy. Check out this macro infection or check out this malware infection. And this is what it references back to. And I'm able to provide reports based off that, um, based off just demeaning people and clicking things that are, you know. I mean, I'm I'm all about demeaning people. And, (laughs) you know, if if you're missing a word in a a sentence that makes sense to most people. Yeah, it's probably a foreign country. Hmm, Yeah. And if if you don't pick up on that, then you know you're 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 more likely to fall for the campaign. It makes it easiest. It, it makes it easier on us, I think, as far as security professionals too, to have something like that happen. If it comes from the inside, you know, what size privileges this person has, and who are they capable of contacting, and all that. In reality, that's the only way you can really do anything about phishing is is limiting access. Because at the end of the day, there's a there's something that'll get everybody. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, yeah. Zuff, did you hear... Wait, Dave, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say Microsoft actually did some really interesting research uh, some years ago about... Uh, basically, the premise was like, why are Nigerian scammers... Why do they say they're from Nigeria? And the, the premise is to reduce the false positive rate, right? Because it costs them money to respond to people who are just trolling them, right? So... Mm-hmm. It's 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 really about doing more doing crime more effectively, which I think we can all relate to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've never committed a crime in my life. Um, yo, uh, Dan, have you heard about the uh, new way to unlock uh, dark mode in Twitter? Um, it's like a full black mode in Twitter. It's like a new uh, feature. So what you do is you you change your birthday to two thousand seven as the year. <laughs> and it unlocks this dark mode. I don't know if anyone's tried it yet. It's so cool. It's yeah, man, bro. You're cool. Yeah, you're, you're cool. But yeah, um, so the next one that we have in here is this spyware data leak uh that is so bad that they, apparently they can't tell us about it. But this is yet another spyware company that has just left a bunch of pictures and um, recordings open just to anybody, and it just has it's all the all the spyware like like loot is just open. Um, First of all, I hate this title. I hate this title so much. I hate the title a lot. It's, it's it really <laughs> makes me not want to read the article and I think it's clickbait. But it is uh, it's Joseph Coxford, this good dude. Uh, he yeah, this researcher has been trying to disclose this, and nobody at the company, surprise surprise, is actually responding to them saying yo you gotta not have this on the internet and it's just uh yeah you know what yeah. pisses me off is that nobody's allowed to have it but troy hunt's allowed to have it like <laughs> troy hunt works for microsoft all right he's trying to sell Azure to the plebs so leave uh, him alone 
He's got a fucking jet ski, bro. All right, his jet ski's gonna save us all. Do you have your Microsoft so, suit yet? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so it, it's it sucks that that this just keeps happening. But one, the people make companies that have spyware apps that are commercial grade spyware apps that people can just use for you know, monitoring their family, keeping their kids safe, when realistically it's just used by people who are going to abuse people. And the people who run the companies are the worst. There's literally, there's a list of 12 different companies in the past two years that have been breached for the same thing. There was the one, I think it was, uh, frick, which one was it? Um, was it Flexispy? The one who had, somebody was able to get, like, was able to own the actual um company because the developer had screenshotted themselves on the dev console with the dev like api key or something like like some creds that they're able to use to get into it but like this kind of stuff is just mind-blowing that there's people that are still doing this kind of shit and they're just this terrible at it because obviously they're in a legal gray area with what they're doing so they don't have to have any accountability for it likely the email that they're they're uh sending emails to doesn't do anything it's probably never checked and it's just full of angry ass emails. Yeah, if the company was uh, identified, by the way. It's it's Moby Spy. Like, oh, they, okay. they, there's an update to the story. They, they identified it after they took it down. So, is a company if called were... Moby Spy with two eyes? <laughs> if you were going to create this kind of software, like if you're going to tackle this problem, storing everything on a server that is then available, like. Think about the models used by like uh, the peer-to-peer encrypted messages uh, and messenger apps. Like you know, mm. think about how that data is going to be stored. If you're going to create something to, for example, see what your kids are doing and make sure that your kids are safe, then maybe don't put like all like design a model where all of your child's activity is uploaded to a third-party server that you're supposed to maintain and secure. Like you don't really want the response. Like as a company, you wouldn't really want the responsibility of having a whole bunch of thirteen-year-olds' activities on your server. Yeah. Right? You'd rather that you give it straight to the parent in a in a secure manner. Like that's the model that people should be thinking about. Whereas these companies that's obviously beautiful. don't give a shit. They don't give a fuck. They're just like we can do whatever we want, make heaps of money, and if we get breached, then there'll be an article on motherboard, and no one will read it. <laughs> and everything's going to an S three bucket. Oh <laughs> yeah. man. No, an Something. S3 bucket where publicly accessible was a red pop-up box that people checked. Oh. Yes, this is okay. I mean, let's <laughs> let's, let's let's color it black if we want. Well, you know, something interesting. From home, so he just uh, <laughs> made it public. Nobody will find something, it. Right? Something How many people you know can read fucking bucket policies? Let's start there. How many people know JSON? Go ahead. Twelve. JSON Google. 12 that's my point fuck realistically you shouldn't even be able to like make it public through the gui you should probably have to use the command line or something well, yeah that's, that's, that's some what i'm saying like, if people it, still if do it does, if it even does come through the gui and i'm pretty sure this is ssh as well it does still like fucking forewarn you that <laughs> you're doing stupid shit and yeah go ahead and type y if you want but that's also dumb. maybe just disable directory indexing by default like you yeah know, if it's public yeah, maybe yeah. you have to know the url you want to access that seems like a good you know i feel like that's like a 1995 level security measure we could <laughs> right uh... the terminology the terminology's been flopped though and now people are retarded again go ahead it's like <laughs> um Quickly here, this is a this is a really really sad story. Um, so China is apparently penalizing people who play Fortnite too much if they're under eighteen. 
And you, I didn't know this. You have to register to play video games or play Fortnite in China. And if you play yeah. for, if you're under 18 and play for over three hours, it will uh, reduce the like leveling up that you have and disable challenges. What? And you, oh, and says you have to well, get back to your studies. This is a step forward for society overall. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, There's people also... agree with the decision China's making. Wait, isn't that well, encouraging them with, to use it more? With Blizzard, if you want to play on certain, I think it's the Chinese and Ty and Taiwan uh, Taiwanese server, you have to register with a valid government ID. I don't think they penalize you for or anything, but you can't like you you have to have a government ID to register. The last time I yeah, I know in I know in Korea that's how it goes. That's and so it's like it makes cheating like an actual. You get banned for cheating. They're definitely like, tracking right So if you put this aside from cheating as a social score, what do you think about it in terms of society? Do you think it's a proactive thing, or do you think it's no? This is meaning. okay. So is anybody? I, I was at the age where I had parental controls on AOL, and when I was very young, and I had 30 minutes of online time a day that I could use, right? And just shut down. And this is what it feels like. It's just like if you're playing a video game. I mean, I don't play any video games really at all. I've never played Fortnite, but the fact that there's people that that are, yeah. you know they're doing this thing, they're just they're they're just playing a video game, and if it's a weekend or whatever, I don't want to. Why would you want a pop up that shuts down your ability to play the game effectively and says well, go back to your studies? Like also, the yeah, government shouldn't be parenting kids. Like, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, I I had similar parent parental controls and. Every single person I knew who had that kind of parental control had some way of working around it. Well, yeah. We're not going to tell her, but... Like, kids are yeah. using fucking uh, Google Docs now. They're talking to each other, like, over their school yep. Google Docs. That oh, I used to uh, give them permission right, to right, use. All right, better question, better question, better question. If you're over 18, this is a policy that doesn't interrupt you. If you're under 18, what do you think about it? As far as people shooting guns at each other and killing each other in a video game. So the thing isn't about the video game itself. It's just about the entire practice of, for whatever reason, one, having to register your government ID to use software was one thing. Is Second is, is the fact that, yeah. that you would have to also um, be limited in any capacity for doing something. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, it just reminds me of like the thing they were trying to propose in Arizona where you have to pay a tax to watch porn. Like, so, so like when we were all kids, think about this. When we were all kids, right? We're all around the same like decade of age group. But you think about that, and you think about the way that you've grown up and how you've like determined your own morals, right? Like you've grown up online with all these. You know, there are no flags, there are no signals to say like someone might be dangerous. But you define your own morals, as it were, and like you grow up in your own sense of a person. And what do you think about that versus like what's happening now with controls? I, I look forward to the next wave of anarchists coming out of uh, China. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, true. it's always going to happen, but yeah. We have to remember, though, that Fortnite is being renowned. Like, they've already had to change their loot box model because it's literally gambling. And so it's like... Yeah, it's like CSGO the game back is, in the day, right? You think about this, yeah, the, the same thing. Yeah, the, the game is designed the same way as a poker machine or a slot machine is and slots are illegal in most places other than australia and nevada but pretty much right? do you think gambling's bad or do you think gambling is a good um social skill to have to be able to play others like social well, because it's 
well, loot boxes are based on RNG, right? Where there's absolutely no skill involved. You just pay the money and you pull the Right, you're pull ruined the lever, if you right? play into those. I mean, yeah. Like false but the thing you is can that, limit the can that's limit transactions. children. Yeah, but that's going to give the children, right? Like, so the underage, I'm not saying, like, think of the children, not like not like that, but, like, this is have has evolving minds, like, growing minds that are being trained to respond to, like, dopamine impulse, like, 24 hours a day. So I think limiting, like, that anyway is good, but having it done by the government is not good. Like, this, well, Yeah, that's where yeah, I agree with that you. Contributes to also, you have to think about it as in, like, these are people who have, like, PhDs in psychology who are like being hired to make this as addicting as possible in order to yeah, maximize profits by preying on right. vulnerable populations. Like, right. So make, you know, make, make laws around loot boxes or whatever. Don't push the blame onto the consumer for that. Right. Yeah, or absolutely. consumers' parents for like credit card fraud or whatever it may be yeah. because they can't <laughs> because that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let, let me get that Discord nitro. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. I'll put some dark uh, uh, emotes in here. Yo, uh, the because we're actually it's like ten thirty now. Um, we're gonna do one more story here because it was pretty cool. Or not cool, fucked up, but interesting in the attack vector. Um, this was the uh, FDA warning that heart implants can be hacked from twenty feet away because the, apparently the radio protocol that's on here is susceptible to um. There's no uh, there's no form of auth or so that people could do. Uh, replay attacks and inject and do also the different shit on the data, like the, the same way that a doctor would to like turn it off or. You hey, know, does you get phone. off reading about this every six months? Yes. No. What? Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll just ask you, like, do you like this because it's interesting, or do you like this because it's the same shit? It's, well, it's it's just a it. new it's a new thing to to this is a new CVE that has come out about this, and it's it just interesting. I mean, it's. When when you are able to inject any sort of data like this into something that is literally keeping you alive, and if it stopped, you would die. I think that's something yeah. that's worth noting because it's, this is going to keep us coming up. But we should continue to point this out because this is something that is very fucked up that people could use. And the fact that that this, yeah, this is this is probably one of the few things that we have that's actually legitimately life-threatening um, immediately. And it's something that people could listen to people like us to think so about. you hear about this, do you hold compliance standards? No, I just say, yo, literally follow any other protocol that has like authentication. Like, look at how key fogs are. Look at how, I mean, wave ID was in here. Um, you think there's things that are actively updated over like a NAT or are they just? No, I'm just talking about in, in, terms of, in terms of design as a general design principle. It's the same thing with IoT security. It's just like, don't do the same stupid shit that's been done. Even though it's already happened, any new things that come out, like, use the, like, yeah. people's, you know, design principles when you are moving forward instead of just reusing the same stuff. Yeah, there are plenty because... of smart people who guide you in a general direction that you shouldn't be retarded. Yeah, the other thing well, is I... this particular CVE was scored 9.3, and it, it literally says that... Uh... The floor requires a low-level skill to exploit. So this is actually an exploit in the heart. This isn't just like straight exploit and metasploit, dude. Yeah, yeah this isn't some metasploit shit yet. But it's at the point where it could be if you had, you know, whatever tools you need to do this. But it's just, I think it's very important to highlight this kind of stuff though, because you know we are all going to eventually rely on stuff like this to stay alive. And if people just continue, if you like, imagine 
Zuff, if you were like I can't continue on... down this road of nerdy Mountain Dew, dude, I'll tell you that it's it's been rough. <laughs> I'm just saying to you specifically. Imagine if you were on some life support system and some stupid kid just like telling it in and just bopped you. Like, yeah, man. Or just like uh, I hope so, I had to note this. Is. Thanks, heart. kid. Appreciate. <laughs> or the like hacks. a uh, an end map scan causes it to just yeah. send a jolt of electricity. Yeah, some this, kids out yeah. there shutting down people's hearts for PewDiePie. This end map scan had a heart attack. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> Poor PewDiePie. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, God. We like next generation of swatting, right? Is it a Darwin <laughs> Award worthy winner? Like, I think it might be. You might need to swap people if you can just turn their hearts off, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Holy. What's up, like, MG? I gotta fight you at this door. I can't blow vape smoke through it to bypass it. Fuck, man. Don't end map scan me. <laughs> Stop me at the door. God damn. <laughs> well, decoded said it could turn into a new form of ransomware. Extortionware. Yeah. Send me five Bitcoin to this address or you die. Oh my god. Yeah, it'd be like one of those uh, those YouTube things where it's like you know, uh, if you don't like this message in the next five seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> to the rise of Black Mirror, listen to this. To series. If you subscribe to two series, you will you will instantly die. Ransomware two all. Yep. So yeah, but I mean, what you just said is a is a good point though about what we've covered over the past year. I mean, I feel like we come we've covered quite a lot of stories that are. That are the same and yeah you talk I about to... flat like flat full stack security i'm not well, trying to interrupt you but you talk about like full stack security and vulnerabilities and it's like yeah but there are a lot of tools still that can help you remediate this stuff before it's this kind of problem i mean it, except for what you're saying like this medical story is a damn good story because if these aren't internet connected devices how the fuck are they going to ever update firmware like, how do you expect people to manually yeah, download to the, a firmware file and upload it at this point? Like, we're you'd have to far. go to the doctor's office, and there'd have to be something in place for that to be done. You know, so yeah. you, the, the the doctor can ultimately whatever sort of treatment that you're going to, like say for a pacemaker, your cardiologist might have some software and some tool that they would Is use. Is that why we're talking about though? It's like a pacemaker to just keep pumping. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. Yeah. What I mean, that's terrible. Of course, Think if you do have an update mechanism like that. Think about it, boys. Yeah. We've been on some shitty hacker diets. We, we might be fucked. That's what I was just really saying awesome. to you when you said I was being a nerd. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, you know, confess well, my I... sins of diet here. But yeah, I've been on a shitty one for a while. I'm just saying, just... yeah. So imagine if in like 10 years when you you finally you're like, all right, I got to get this. I get this cybernetic like heart that yeah. I, I can get for whatever of Amazon. I, I, um, yeah, you like, know, and then some stupid kid just like. I knew this would happen. Like, <laughs> Yo, check out this cool O'Day I have. Got your sure. heart off. Yeah. But like, hey, what, does what anyone, kind of anyone want to test my pot? Does anyone know? There are medical standards. There are like people Probably have like FCC guidelines too. There's tons of different things that people There's have to comply. With. That people bypass that like gets this kind of shit approved. It's Why the real. fuck does it need to be remote controlled? Yeah, that's a good it, question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not gonna get open heart surgery to from yeah. twenty well, feet. Oh, from twenty twenty feet away actually, is quite quite uh, a thing well and what would you need to do with it it just needs to keep your heart pumping i mean but does the, the does the, the does the fact of having something that's you know publicly accessible like what's what's the weight in that too as far as risk it's just weird 
it's a really weird topic to think about, honestly, mm -hmm. is whether or not you do make something publicly available and whether or not it's attackable just on a local network. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, you made a, you made a point that we, you know, this has been stuff like this has been brought up before, but the reality is it's still happening, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, it is like still happening. Still That's why I'm like asking about procedures because if people in here like want to proactively think about how they can better things, that's um, something to think about. You know, even if that's connected to a local a local area network, you shouldn't be able to just push something to it or exploit it in yeah. that manner. That's just disgusting. Yeah. So on the topic, I of think it's a remote control by the surgeon, and there just was quickly, a novel um, written years ago. Go ahead, go ahead. As an assassin, that's what John Rain did. He sat on the subway next to the guy and he programmed a fibrillation into his heart. And as he left the train, his heart failed and he died. And it looked like a natural heart attack. Yeah. So yeah. the thing is, I think they're locally controlled and you have to sit close to it, like in the room and the cardiologist tunes it up. That's still well, disgusting. Yeah. Like you think about that as a process and you think that things like that should just be randomly generated and given out to people who could provide like actual device information. So, could you like Faraday cage yourself? Like a, some kind of like a jacket? <laughs> Me? Faraday jacket? Yeah, we're <laughs> Yeah, there you go. The doctor's office, man. I'm afraid of needles. Now, you know what? There was actually a beanie that was, uh, and hats, like flap rims off. You'd look great in one. Um, they are actually in <laughs> that are, no, no, no joke. They're like, they're like metal weaved into the, uh, into the fiber and, and they're tinfoil hats. And when they were tested, it actually turns out that they amplify Bro, the I'm signals. Just, I'm saying like, I'm trying to literally be proactive here and like, think about how people could adopt their way of thinking into being like more yeah. secure, man. It's just disgusting. Well, like, I'm not trying to fucking troll or like meme on anyone. No, I'm, I'm talking about. Disturbing. I'm talking about a real life product Thanks, you can man. buy. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll tin, wear a hat for you. Hat. Okay, dude, 27 incoming. Zuff and foil hat. Promise. <laughs> they, You're welcome. They That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick. Yeah. Even uh, if you do it everything right, though, you know, it, there's still all these issues with. I mean, Asus did a lot right, but they still got both. I think one of the things that we're not thinking about is. I think one of the things we're not thinking about is. Places like DEFCON, where people are fuzzing the air, like Dasho in the Twitch chat was uh, saying, he he's potentially going to be getting a defibrillator pretty soon, and that's like that's a yeah, that's scary. One. Yeah, <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, just sorry, sorry for trying to be positive, you fucking pricks. So circling back though to what we were saying, or I was saying before, with um. We cover a lot of different things, and I've noticed the same thing. We've we've talked about this a bunch, where we like get burned out. And I actually I talked to a few people about covering this sort of story. And I'm like, do you ever get sick of talking about data breaches because there's so many of them all the time, and each one is equally disgusting or more? And you're just like, then you, you see like, I I caught myself on it one one day. I was talking to somebody about a, a breach. They're like, oh, it's only a hundred million records. Like that's not that you know. And we're just like, yeah, it's not like a billion or something, you know, like, because the bar just gets raised more and more every time we talk about this kind of stuff. But I mean, at, at first I was, when we were covering news stories, I'd be like, oh, this is a good one to put in. Oh, this is a good one to put in too. And then eventually I'm like, like, there has to be a bar for, for like, you know, reporting yeah. them because there's just so many of them. And it's, it's still, it's fucked up to think about that 
we've covered so many and it's just going to be continually more and more that are just like yeah. bridges and new O'Days that like people have leveraged to do equally fucked up shit, new apps, new spyware, new ransomware, new stuff that like little kids can use that are, you know, accessible by like pedophiles. Like there's so many different things that are just out there. And I don't know. It's just definitely, definitely taxing. Think about <laughs> having to fix this all at scale. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like the bar, like setting, the bar being set lower and lower and lower day by day is its own like news story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it's becoming like normal and like Facebook won't suffer anything for, you know, 100 million records being out there. Like mm-hmm. that in itself is like, should be its own story. Like mm-hmm. the absolute, like nothing that comes of it. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely have talked and covered a lot of different ones though and it's it's even in the past year there's just been such an absurd amount of like big big companies too that are just still do you ever not... think about people that don't have the like automation processes or tool sets in place to like just proactively patch this stuff or like make it a task or a crunch yeah i like... pray for them it's it's really sad thoughts and press thoughts and press especially when you get to when you get to a company of that size, right, it's very difficult to enforce those processes. And to yeah, because you're a bitch. They give you a scalable. list of here are your five things to do. Please don't do right. anything else. Thank you. Well, it's like you got to really what needs to happen is you need to build tools that make it impossible to make that kind of mistake. But you really can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't think we're right people are in place right now in our current generation and we're just going to see people continue to fall to bullshit and it's, it's not like bullshit the most and honestly it shouldn't be but i think people are just dumb i think there's a huge generation gap and the people who are here who are listening and who are participating are ahead of the goddamn curve and will continue to be and they're awesome perspectives on things for sure yeah no i'm really glad and i'm also like i guess we're done with the news we can kind of get into more of like the sort of what's up what's next with thug crowd kind of thing but definitely want to shout out all the different awesome people that have come on board and been a part of this because without a lot of the people that we've talked with specifically like we they, i feel like we've we've un i guess uncovered a lot of really interesting perspectives and put out a lot of stuff in the world that might be getting put into place in certain companies which is really cool because not everybody here specifically even from like security podcasts like here are specific things that you can do to make your processes better from somebody who knows about security and also implementing them and so i think it's like really important for us to to understand that we have a sort of voice in that because i've I've seen people who have told me about how they've improved certain things because of listening to stuff that we've said and i think that's really cool because it's like we all sit here we we talk about this stuff and we get frustrated we get angry about you know, stuff, you get very angry, correct? Other people come on, get super frustrated about how people, you know, how processes work and how things they implement. Bro, and, people and, know I get angry, man. My coworkers know I get angry. You know what? I'm, I'm just saying, for it. They like people, that I though, care. So. People, though, don't always hear those perspectives and they don't hear them from people that are outside of their sphere. So, like, when you hear different perspectives and you hear like diverse voices come in and say, like, here's what I say as somebody who's have experience with X, Y, or Z, that stuff is really, 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 really important. Like much more important than I think that I ever probably anticipated. Um, so it's pretty cool to see that how people can influence change by just talking. Yeah. It's good to give uh, good to give perspective on anything, especially if people agree with you. And to be honest, like there aren't 
execs that I've even talked to who know what I'm talking about. So to me, it's like, it's important to voice what you believe in, what you respect and what you stand for. So it's cool. It's been awesome to hear outspoken people. Even That's not cool. Dan and MG and DNZ and Shell and, you know, even you. <laughs> even even you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yo, so yeah, I, mean, I guess I really want to thank everybody for, for coming on and, and hanging out with us um, for our one year. Um, I guess we can make the announcement that we are going to take a break. I uh, put it in the show notes, but we're going to take like, I don't know, maybe like three or four weeks of a break. Um, it's because we like, I, I realized this, we've talked about this a bunch. As soon as we started this thing, like over a year ago now, like when we started as XMPP Lounge and then became Bug Crowd a year ago tomorrow, like we haven't stopped. Like we've literally just continually done stuff. And it reminds me of like, as we were saying before, like legacy platforms and things where processes aren't put in place because you're just kind of like going. And I think that's been a huge hindrance to us in a certain way. Um, and I think that definitely we need to like, just sort of like sit and chill for a little bit and and uh, figure out where we need to go from here. But all that being said yeah. though, everybody who's been a part of this thing has been absolutely incredible. And I'm like so happy that so many awesome people who I have respected for before I even like uh, knew them personally. Um, yeah, they exactly saw you in a Google company. hat eating pizza and they said, what's up? Yeah, it's like, it's cool shit. I'm just like, you know what? This is dope. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just really happy that everybody's come together and been a part of this community and just sitting here in voice chat, voicing their opinions, sitting in, in Discord or IRC, hanging out or helping us out with projects. It's been really cool how we literally started from this, like literally started from crazy locale, just saying, yo, we just started a podcast, haha, and it just like became way bigger than like <laughs> we could have ever expected. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's I'll definitely all say... you guys for being here, man. Like fucking respect to you, honestly. Like this is the most direct podcast I've ever been a part of or even listened to. And it's We definitely thanks. um thanks, thanks Sof. But Thank uh you. we definitely fucked up. I wanna say that. Like with the with the Discord and the, the community, um when we opened it to the public, it was like Oh hey, maybe some people will join, and like lots and lots of people joined. Lots over that time, yeah. Like uh, I think there's there's like twelve hundred people in there maybe at the moment. Anyway, thirteen hundred now. Thirteen hundred, yeah. Like more people join every day, and not all of those people, uh, you know, not all of those people are, are desirable people that we'd want in the community. Some of those, uh, you know, are people that don't even know the podcast exists. And there's there's a lot of, like, you'll notice that the signal to noise right now is, is quite uh, low. There's a whole lot of noise. And that's something that we really want to address um, over the you know coming weeks and come up with a, with a good plan uh, so that we're not uh, such a noisy, uh, like, during the week, like, you'll notice a lot of the people on the cast aren't even in the chat because there's so much crap and, you know, we're trying to do things and then all of a sudden they'll be hey can you deal with some guy that needs to get kicked and banned and there's a lot of the, a lot of that happens when there's that many people joining frequently um so yeah i just wanted to say that it happens and we're sorry for that um but we plan on addressing that somehow i guess yeah <laughs> so it definitely turned into a lot more uh work than you would think a thing like this could be even uh, when that kind of stuff happens 
Yeah, like I'll just I'll just read. Let me just find a quick DM. This is this is a DM. Like, so I, I appear offline and I have for like a, a long time. Um, for the last I don't know a few months, I've, I've been appear offline twenty four seven because just getting DM'd by random people. Um, think you could give me a rough list of what I need to learn over the course of two years, like languages and techniques. Like, dude, I don't know you. Um, <laughs> that seems surprisingly tame. Like, I would. If <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, like, hey, you don't know my moral standing. Can you help me? How about this? like how this one? I, I need some help bypassing iCloud on this iPhone I got. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's someone who is dating a celebrity, bro. Get back, so, roll, so, please. So this Unband, sort of thing, I think that a, a lot of it, like it comes down, like because we we started this with the people that were part of this. Um, a lot of people are still a part of us now, or people that we knew directly from chatting, and we knew them, we trusted them, people that we want to be a part of our stuff. And what gets difficult is when you start to like raise your profile a bit, and you have more people joining, and 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 seeing what you're already about, and wanting to be a part of that. Um, that makes it more difficult for us to differentiate between who's actually like good and who is who isn't you know and we obviously everybody has, has joked and talked about like you know people <laughs> like who just basically want you to do crime for them um for free um and that kind of thing just kind of gets out of hand because we ultimately everybody here is like a professional most of us here um where you know we have day jobs and we you know we have families some of us are kids you know grandkids like we don't here to teach everybody how to how to use Kali Linux to get free Roblox uh, bucks or whatever. So like, it's, it's definitely like, it gets um, like a bit crazy. And I think that like, I, as you were saying, DSD, like you're apologize for that sort of thing, but I definitely think that like moving forward, we have to just sort of keep our people and, and processes and everything's like, you know, clear to us and really sort of, uh, I guess just have something that we can control, which ultimately is yes, we're going to be also migrating from Discord. Um, this will be the last time we'll be using Discord for the voice chatting, um, but we're setting up our own infrastructure for this purpose. Uh, like right now, we're in the process of doing that. Um, and so that's going to be the next step moving forward is to sort of recreate, not recreate, just uh, sort of streamline our operations and people involved. Um, so that we can provide a much better experience for people who will listen to our show and people who want to actually chat with us, because it, yeah, it I, gets I crazy. Think, I think as well, like the, there's definitely going to be um, a, a little bit of a bar, like a little bit of a barrier to entry. Um, like it's not going to be a one-click join, but it's also not going to be like complete a fucking CTF. Um, so that at least when you do join, that you know that everybody in there has at least done, you know. Is not an absolute idiot. Um, That's maybe pretty the, direct. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, I'm just, I mean, you know, we have Zoff. Zoff is in there. Most likely. Yeah. Like what Hack the Watch does. I've read this server a couple times and I've been like, I can't take this shit. So, yeah, like I, I click general and I sometimes just close it. Yeah, I think though that one of the, one of the things that we've, we've um, experienced that a lot of other people who run communities like this of experience is just the fact that it's very easy for people to join. I mean, it's like the same thing as as when everybody got, you know, uh, computers for Christmas and things like that. Like people just, it's the same sort of like influxes of people because it is easy to join a community like this. And it also, it becomes challenging because there are just 
we have a lot of people in here who are absolute experts, like people who are in here who have who have that fabled like 30 years of experience in computer security. We have people who've been in, you know, been in the news, been in all sorts of different things, researchers, amazing people who who are really, really skilled. And then we have people who have no idea what they're doing, but they think they do and they want to just be a part of it. And then people who genuinely want to learn and people we want to focus on to help them develop their skills. But it's difficult to bridge all those different types of people together where there's people who are very, very talented and there's people who are who are learning, but they, they have a good attitude. And then there's the people who just are in it for whatever sort of weird reason. And it's, it's difficult for communities to be able to actually like figure out who is, is worth you know, giving time to, because ultimately we, we are spending time every time that we have to triage something, every time we have to tell somebody, you know, about how SQL queries work or whatever sort of silly thing yeah, or, you know, like, whatever law. Gets to go away. So yeah, it, it's, it's hard to do that, but, it, but yeah. at, at the same time, though, um, you know, Decoded, you said this best before, too. You said that the, the skids of today are the elite hackers of tomorrow. Yeah. And we have to be able to, all the people who are or, what did you there? What's that? I, I was just saying that you had said that the skids of today are the, the elites of tomorrow. And like that sort of stuff is, is true. Like people here who come in here, we have people that are that are young, but they have amazing attitudes and they want to learn stuff. And it's it's hard for for communities to be able to to figure out who is who is good and who isn't. But when you have a scale that becomes bigger and bigger every day, it gets difficult. And so I think that's something that a lot of of infosec um, communities are trying to actually address is that there are people who you know would love to I would love to help you know teach people stuff and I'd love to you know write write that list of two years of a of a roadmap for somebody's thing to help them out but I don't do that professionally and like I have like other stuff to do and it's like it's hard when when people expect that and and um, I guess they they kind of almost take advantage of the fact that you're there willing to help help them. So I don't know. It's just a lot of stuff, and it's like uh, definitely wanted yeah. to just kind of air it out because we've been we've been dealing with it and kind of been sitting on this like sort of like issue for a little bit and not really knowing what to do with it. And we know that a lot of people who've been involved have kind of wanted to stray away because there's been just a lot of weird stuff and just a lot of uh, more shit posting than hacking. And it's just like we get to that point where we're like, okay, what are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think as well. Um... There was a lot of talk about introducing code of conducts and this and that and bans and all this kind of garbage. Um, but I think the the key takeaway was that um, a lot of the people that we learned from and a lot of the people that are still around who decided to leave are very much lead by example people, and they mm -hmm. don't want to talk. They don't want to talk to people who don't know as much as them. Really, they just want to do stuff. They'll show it to you. They're happy to talk about what they're doing but they're not going to sit there and teach you. So like the lead by example um, in, I guess is something that we'd like to push in a couple of ways. And one of those is, is obviously te technically, but also like behavior as well. Like, absolutely. How do, you, how do you join and just like not start shitting up the chat, you know, just join, have a read, see how people act and follow yeah. accordingly. Feel the room. Yeah. yeah. It's important to understand too, that this, like this field, like, what we do and what we've chosen is something that's very broad um, and people just, you know, shoot out a lot of basic questions or web application questions and it's just, 
you know, it's something that I feel like you should get a feel for personalities before you even ask any. And I don't think you should yeah. ask any broad questions in general chat. So, I mean, if you want to ask which book should I read, we'll tell you what books you go read them. Yeah. But if, you, if we do tell you like which book to read, please. Yep. No, I mean, we've put together massive amounts of resources or people, whether it be projects or resource lists or whatever. We have all that stuff that we've given other people. And I realize as I'm making stuff, I'm like, I don't have to do this. Like, I don't have to like put together a list for people to learn how to do things. But it's like, when you do that kind of thing, though, it's definitely like important to to kind of remember what you're doing it for, because it's easy to get burnt out when you're trying to field every single question about like, you know, SQL map or XSS or, you know, telling people that they shouldn't try to do something because it's going to fuck them over. Um, it's just that kind of stuff is like, it gets, it gets taxing, but I think that like, you know, as a, at large though, I think that like our community has done pretty well for like helping out younger people who are trying to get involved in things. And there's a lot less of the sort of, um, of like just being a dick about everything. Like, as you're saying, like, uh, like, uh, decoded about just like saying like, fuck off, like read the manual. I mean, like that's a one way to do it. And there are people that actually benefit from that more so than, than, um, being like having more of a handholding kind of experience, but it's like it's hard to also differentiate that, and it's hard to make that distinction and tell people how they learn, you know. So it's it's just it's just really difficult, I guess, as a as an issue um, for for a lot of different reasons. And, and yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna keep going in circles about this. <laughs> yeah, I I think though that uh, I hope you guys miss us during the break, and that <laughs> I hope that when we come back, we meet. Uh, some expectations for being away. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess we still have a whole bunch of stuff to give away, so we can't stop doing what we're doing until we give all that stuff away. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I would thank everybody though for for coming on and and, and always supporting us, and we have an awesome dedicated group of people that are always in our chats, always uh, you know sharing awesome links. There's some really honestly, like I I'm very surprised at how how amazing. The community has become and how there's just people that are, are so dedicated like pico like you just came up out of nowhere and just started like just record like uh you know figuring out how to get all our, our stuff onto spotify and itunes and stuff like that and people who just step in like hook and mind player the other day just helped me like minutes from me asking how to fix something and they just help me out like there's stuff like that like all the time so people can always rely on and people will rely on each other and it's really cool to have that dynamic and um, I'm really grateful for everybody who's been a part of this because we all work together and uh, do cool shit. So it's awesome. But I don't know if anyone else has anything else to say. I definitely, um, I don't know. I feel like a, a lot of awesome stuff has happened because of this. Oh, prepare your speech. Oh, yeah. yeah I <laughs> also thank everybody that came on and gave, them, gave us all their knowledge. Like, sharing that's great. Definitely really good. Yeah, definitely been uh, fortunate to talk to the people that we have. Yeah. No, it's really cool. There's people that I never thought would even want to be a part of anything like this. Just come on and chat with us. It's, like, really awesome. But, yeah, hopefully down the road, though, like, when we come back, like, the one of the main things I want you to do experiment with more was doing pre-recorded stuff um, because, as you know, we've – we've done this sort of party line way of, of chatting for a bit and it's, it's hilarious. It's really funny, but when you have a lot of people talking, sometimes it gets really confusing. 
and it's um i definitely think that trying to do more of a, a sort of hybrid of pre-recorded with some live stuff like curating a little bit is definitely a, a big thing that we'll we'll try in the future yeah. um because it's a lot easier for us to to do it you know not having to do every single thing live um but then also just being able to sort of um have more dynamic content and generate it at different times is really cool too also yeah and there's a lot of people who just can't do tuesdays at yeah. this time period and so yeah. it's good to you know there's an entire group of people out there who've been like i want to do this but and so it'd be nice to be able to like be available to more people for that specific thing yeah no that's definitely a huge thing there's been literally so many people specifically this but a lot of people who are who are um have not been able to to join us and it, it sucks I, I want them to be um a part of this but we just it doesn't work out because tuesday we just, i don't even know why we chose tuesday it just became i think it was literally in the beginning that was when everybody was available yeah i think we and just decided on it just like one day just like oh tuesday whatever 9 30. i think we were like, having a meeting on monday and we're like all right let's do tuesday yeah but like it's something that's stupid but yeah we like a lot of that stuff though I, I think that we'll definitely try to open it up to more diverse stuff and it'll also give us a bit i want to be my dream ultimately with this is to be able to have people with specific roles to kind of help out with certain things so that we can start developing cooler shit because like we did cool stuff like the the different ctf projects and the charity events oh, yeah. and things like that and like that kind of stuff like i want to do moving forward and and actually launch our satellite and do all the different crazy ass things that we've, we've talked about um we have to definitely focus a little bit more yeah and it's i mean delegating and and hacking are two different skill sets <laughs> yes, a lot of us just like to do like if there's something that needs to be done just do it right and mm -hmm. that leads to people being overworked and when you're you still awake? working uh as like that much on a single thing right it's easy to get burnt out mm-hmm so yeah definitely, a, lot, definitely a lot of us feel exhausted from a lot of the stuff of, like yeah. even at the beginning like organizing this was like herding cats like getting everybody together just like <laughs> we're like it's a great idea let's do this and then all of a sudden we we're just like all right why aren't we doing this yet mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean there's it's it's difficult to like to get everybody to together i mean it's hard it's just an organizational thing um, but definitely, I want people who are listening too, who want to get involved and do like research stuff with us to like hit us up and be be part of it because we want to be able to make something that's more focused on research and actually developing cool shit um, instead of sort of like just uh, hitting the or getting hit by the sort of endless stream of spam from people on Discord because <laughs> um, we have a lot of random people join that have no idea what this is and just kind of want to just post weird pics and shit post and it's not fun. And uh, not to, not to mention like yo, here's my address. Give me a CLSS. That's sort of backfired in a little bit of a way. Yeah, maybe we need to remove one S from the CLSSP. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I definitely think because what's hard too is like I think communicating like some of the stuff that's um that's kind of more known to us. Like we like our Discord has like two rules, right? The two rules are don't do anything illegal and don't be an asshole. But somehow those turn into like a subjective like debate. Like I felt like I was in like freshman like philosophy class, like debating people about like, well, what is an asshole? Like, you know, like <laughs> what is illegal if laws aren't real? Like sort of like weird, like uh, Jaden Smith shit posting. Like it's like it, it's hard because 
hackers, people who are of this mindset, don't necessarily like rules and don't like um like the, the, if you set a hard rule, people are going to do every single thing to get close to it as close as possible and around it um, without actually doing that thing, and it just gets out of control. <laughs> Let's just quickly just cover the. We talked about this like uh, really quickly after the show last week, but there was in fact a person who tried to debate us on whether or not they should do something, and we told them not to do that. And you know they're probably going to get sued and all this stuff, and they were like, "No, nah, you know, I'll, I'll just justify this in my own way." And then um, they ended up, you know, like trying to pay someone to write an exploit or whatever, and they got ransomed and scammed, and then came back and said, "Hey, can you help me?" And it's like, well, yes. we literally told you not to do that, and mm -hmm. that's illegal, and we can't help you, and you need to go seek the proper channels because we're not that. Yeah. I think that it's, it's hard because people see sort of stuff like this when it becomes accessible, when it's playing on Twitter and on Twitch. Um, they think that, like, it it's happens to a lot of people. It happens to people who are just Twitter personalities or just oh, whatever social media. Whenever they can reach you, People are going to try to ask you the sketchiest questions possible, <laughs> and it's hard to like triage that kind of stuff and and you know weed out what's good and what's bad. And it's I don't know, but I definitely think though like anybody who is involved in this sort of community to so, like just not do that, like <laughs> just like respect the fact that people are not going to help you with hacking stuff all the time, unless you like are not just completely sketchy. Yeah, no one wants to see your crimes for you. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to jail for you. That's the main thing, right? Yeah. I do want to say, as somebody who's relatively new to this podcast, I've been watching for a while and just joined the actual voice chat for the first time today. Uh, I feel like I've learned a lot from you guys, and I really appreciate uh, that there has been um, some resources and people have been willing to to provide that mentorship and, and that help for somebody who's yeah. kind of new. To well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that was what we were saying before. Like, is people who have a there's people who come in who have a great attitude who might not know everything, you know, don't be might not know anything, be just starting out. But having a good attitude and being part of a community, being like you know, team player, saying things that are relevant, you know, doing basic research for yourself, all those kind of things go a super long way for people like us because. We set up stuff where, I mean, everybody here is, is lazy as shit and has, like, a text file full of, like, every single, like, you know, bash, like, trick we know and shit like that. Like, we have all the information people, like, want most of the time. But it, what gets difficult is you don't want to just hand out that information all the time every day to people who didn't even look for it or try anything themselves. And it's, like, I think it's, like, it's super important to for everybody to ask good questions and when you're a part of a community to, like, respect the fact that, you know, you have to work your way into it to gain trust before you, you know, do things. Um, and I, it's like, I definitely think that the attitude is like a really important part of this. Cause like, if anybody has a good attitude, like, and is, yeah, I can tell that they are doing what they are saying that they're doing and things that they want to be a part of. Like that goes a super long way with like pretty much everybody here. If you can tell that somebody cares. If you also like are coming in to ask us uh, a, a homework problem, don't ask us to solve the problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, because right. there's been a few people who have done that, and it's it's like it's your homework for a reason. You're supposed to learn how it works. You might not <laughs> like the task, but you need to understand the task. So we'll, you know, there's times when they'll come in and and they'll just be like, "Hey, how does this work?" And you know, you'll just say, "Hey, go 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 Google this. Go read this like um, 
I don't know, Oros page or read this like chapter from this book or something, something mm -hmm. relevant. And then they're just like, yeah, like oh, I didn't tell you the whole thing. Like this is the rest of the problem. And then you're like, look, it's your homework. Go and learn about it <laughs> so that you actually learn about it so that you pass your class. Like mm -hmm. that's the point. It's you, you, the, the goal is not to like hack the class. The goal is to like hack the computer. Come on. Yeah. I mean, hack life, really hack, hack life. Hack but, the planet. You know, hack, yeah, hack the planet. <laughs> like I can, I'm a straight a testament to like coming in here and asking for help for things. Like, I mean, to to be fair, I ask really basic shit and get really basic answers, but they all like I was talking to Hermit today about this and DNZ. You're one of the best people because I asked you a question about I don't know what, but you didn't tell me the answer. You linked me to something that taught me the answer instead. Yeah, a lot of people do like how to fish. Oh, <laughs> exactly yeah and it's like it's hard because when you when you start a community like this like or we, first off we didn't start the community like this at all it just a community happened but when a community happens on your lap like this um it's important to teach people like again like the skills that are necessary to learn the kind of things and a lot of yes, you'll get people that say i don't want to learn i just want to get it done and it's like okay well, this is the place for you then like it's pretty cut and dry for a lot of people but um yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's like super important skill to try to build, but we also can't build that skill in people, um, especially everybody who comes in. Um, but what was I gonna say? Forget now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. As a, uh, I, I've been I've been one of the longest uh, active moderators on the Black Hat subreddit, which is just as much of a shit show as you might <laughs> think it is. Um, oh, wow. It was you know supposed to be all about like offensive techniques and stuff, and uh, you know we we started kind of with similar rules of just like be be excellent to each other, like don't don't be a dick to each other, and don't self incriminate. Uh, and it kind of expanded over over the years to asking, you know, show that you've done a little research into the question before you show up and ask. Like, we're we're not your Google. Like, if you Google it and you say this is what I tried, then we know where to direct you. You know, um, and and things like you know, no no, please hacking, please hack my my friend's Facebook or or whatever like that, like stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I. I've been very aggressive with a ban hammer over there. Uh, I just ban anybody who breaks the rules. So uh, that's that's one way to go about it. Not saying that you should do that, but uh, it is it is a very tricky thing, right? Because how do you balance uh, how do you balance the people who might be trolling or otherwise uh, are not putting in the effort to learn versus the uh, you don't want you don't want to look like you're coming off as like this elitist smug group, right? Like you still want to help people. So how do you balance that? Yeah, that's it's super super hard. Because yeah, at the end of the day, we're like we're here to help, right? Like we're doing this because we want to help people. And uh, yeah, it's just hard when people mm -hmm. come in and, and shit the place up. <laughs> yeah. But all that being said, we've done a lot of really cool shit. And so I think we should talk about that more now towards the end. Yeah. Let's think about that. So, okay, what have we done? We've trolled a movie company into getting us a full theater in New York City on opening night where, where like five people showed up, including three homeless people. So <laughs> um, it was amazing. 
What was that movie again? That was uh, un- <laughs> Unfriended Two: The Dark oh, One, yeah, yeah, yeah. which which had some really uh, amazing storylines and plot devices and technical realism. Hashtag <laughs> ad. <laughs> it was really. Uh, it was really, actually good. Huh? It was actually good. I never. I didn't see it. <laughs> I barely did. I was mostly outside talking to Lil. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did stuff like that. That was sick. We raised like four thousand dollars for charity for kids. Um, what we were else sponsored by Steakums. Yeah, we were sponsored by Steakums. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. We did a lot of really interesting things. A lot of our people have done really cool research and stuff that we, you know, have reported on um, and had to keep the hush on as well. I think um, for more than a few incident responses we helped out with too. Yeah, absolutely. We helped people. We helped the guy who was who was uh, coding on Twitch and accidentally uh, put his admin password for his uh, you know uh, CMS on on Twitch. Let <laughs> 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 him through that. That was amazing. Um, yeah, that's been a bunch of interesting oh, stuff. All the people with their printers. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's been yeah Soldier Boy's website. So many different things. I feel like what's cool about this sort of community is that a lot of people in here are like usually just chilling, and if you give them an interesting problem, they're just going to jump onto it. And that's the kind you of stuff. McAfee too. Yeah, we have McAfee, which I didn't get to finish doing the. Um, I have been so busy with work. I've been I've not able to uh, finish editing the recording, but I want today. to put it on SoundCloud. Um, there you go. After after like um i guess during our break we'll just throw it on there at some point um oh yeah we have the attorney from georgia thanks jen we had so many different cool people that have come on yeah. and just like been a part of this whole thing like we've gotten some really crazy guests that we'd never expected to yeah, get to fruit pack, right? no 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 i haven't um we've gotten definitely a lot of, of interesting stuff though that i'd never like i think jason scott was the one who said like just ask people and they'll like come on and like yeah. <laughs> so we started doing and people did um, so I don't know. I mean, not even just the people who came out here. All the great, wonderful people that were here from the beginning that started it all. Absolutely, that too. People like you, you and Dan <laughs> and MG and decoded and looking at the user links. <laughs> yeah, just keep reading. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, you Craze. Craze. Yeah. Cra- oh my god. Crazy stories from the first like two episodes are probably like some of my highlights. <laughs> Getting shanked in like a Seven Eleven. <laughs> oh yeah! Did we play like a fight video that Craze did on yeah. the first thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think that's where Leet.club originated <laughs> to, and like, it just went to that video, and it just said "click here to do crimes," and then when you click on it, it just went to that video. Yeah. Awesome shit. Um, Dude, hey, he was telling us that story. Bullshit. He's like, no, man, I got surveillance. I'm like, whatever. And he starts showing surveillance pictures, show him running out the alley with a baseball bat. I was like, wow, his stories are legit. Dude, I, I, oh yeah, and Jin. I forgot Jin, definitely. Yeah. Uh, like, there are anybody I did not name, like, you know who you are. You know you were here. Like, there are so many people in this community yeah. uh, that are just like wonderful, incredible people. Yeah. Agreed. 
But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just happy that everybody's come together. I'm glad that we were able to sit here and just shit post and chat, and people somehow want to listen to us do that. So let's go. Let me know. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody who uh, helped out with the charity fundraiser. Absolutely, and thanks to everybody who's supported us on Patreon. Um, we're actually investing a bunch of that money into new infrastructure that is uh, going to be self-hosted and privacy-focused, um, and try to open that up to other people as well who are looking for homes for their communities who don't want to necessarily be holding to a uh, Discord. Which, yeah, so that's uh, comes to the next thing, which is um, we're going to be opening up a Matrix server, um, but we're going to keep it on the low for a little bit and the way to get in will be through a challenge that we will release in the next like week or so um, as a way for people to come in and participate in the chats. So if you want to be a part of it, um, keep an eye on our Twitter and you'll see some sort of way to get into our um, our new chats. Um, but yeah, we want to keep it focused on people who want to be involved and actually participate and do stuff. People who are researchers, people who want to set up infrastructure people who want to set up like uh even like demo boxes for hacking on like we used to have the mainframe emulator we've had like other sorts of different containers full of applications for us to test and play with like we want to be able to provide that kind of stuff and that's really like my dream was to be able to to have like you know some you know uh, a little bit of funding so we'd be able to do um like actual research projects and stuff on you know breaking things and, and making things so all that kind of stuff that people have who have donated to us, that is directly going to being able to set up that kind of infrastructure for us on a larger scale, so that we have, it, you know, ways for people who want to do research to come in and just say, hey, I have an idea. I'm trying to, you know, break, uh, you know, Apache or something like that, and I need a bunch of servers to destroy it. Help me out. Uh, also, if anyone's uh, concerned that they've like donated given us bits bought C clssps any of that stuff like just know that uh that uh that funding is like stored up and ready to go for things that are coming in the future so if you like donated this week or last week or something like that and you're like oh, i just gave them money and now they're like pissing off for a while like <laughs> just know that it's it's going to a good place it's not going like you didn't waste it on us we appreciate it very much and uh you'll see the benefits of it in the and future. thanks for donating to BitConnect. Exitscam.me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah no, I definitely everybody who has not got a CLSSP, I am sorry for not sending one out to you yet. Um, I've been just kind of swamped with a lot of things and trying to get them all out, but they're all hand signed and numbered. Um, and I'm sending out a bunch of them, including the Beta O'Rourke <laughs> the next uh, for his um, hacker uh, merits um in the next week so i'm trying to get it once we get the podcast officially on on break for a little bit is i'm going to finally catch up with a lot of different things so hopefully that time used well i mean the real secret is that we're catching up on netflix series stuff <laughs> i i bought netflix months ago and i have never logged in oh man so i gotta, like, I gotta oh. try it <laughs> finally speaking of netflix watch halt and catch fire sure Black yeah. mirror all the way. <laughs> Sorry, the window's a little bit open. But yeah, um yo, no, it's cool though. It's been a good year. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Sure. Are we gonna do another twenty four hour marathon? Yeah, we should do one for charity next this year. And 
I mean, honestly, we could do that anytime. I I'm right I have now. to reset up the, the box to stream from, um, because the one that we have is kind of cursed with all the different changes I tried to make to it. But <laughs> we will uh <laughs> we will get that we'll get that going though, because I want to be able to have it so that we can also we had um Pico had been at BSET's Philly and was doing um some streaming from there. And I want to be able to let people do streaming from different places who are trusted and want to sit and represent us in, in public and, and have people come on the, our stream and say hi. So I want it to be more interactive. Um, we'll definitely try to do that at DEF CON this year, too. I'll just like have a camera somewhere, not necessarily within DEF CON, but we'll, we'll do something uh, near there. And if, uh, oh. if this year, if nobody throws up in my bathroom, like I'm not going to be upset. <laughs> 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 oh man it, so you're making you're like forcing some of us to come to defcon this year oh i guess <laughs> uh, yeah we'll make it happen um yeah that should be a really good time yeah um so yeah so, oh, everybody keep an eye out for it thank you everybody i know we kind of rambled for like an hour here but it's it's all good <laughs> thanks for everyone who stuck with us yes yeah, so everybody who hung out all of our core people everybody who's been involved we promise that next time we do a uh, you know stream, it's going to be like the best of the best of our abilities to do it. Um, we just got to do a little bit of planning and um, kind of testing out certain things. Um, but once we do that, though, I definitely think that we'll be in a good spot and be able to deliver some classic quality content. Um, but yeah, so I guess uh, does anybody have any last words before we get going? Actually, I do. I'm. Uh... Shamelessly gonna self promote. I'm now officially looking for work. DNZ is looking for work. You can uh, hit me up. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, yep. We'll retweet you endlessly because we actually got. We. That's the cool thing too about this. People have actually gotten jobs from this podcast and from Discord, and multiple people have. It's really cool. Like a lot of people have, and so that's a really important thing for a lot of people to who are involved in kind of music. This is to keep networking because. You'll find cool shit. And yes, hire DMZ, please. Uh, hack the planet. Hack the planet. <laughs> Shut up and get a lawyer. Shut yeah. up. Get a lawyer. Don't get caught. Trust Cross the road with the green flags. <laughs> Always have a front, so. Whew. Well, um, well, let me run to the other room to grab the stream here yeah thanks everybody for hanging out <coughs> we uh for our, our closing music so we can get off the air and break everywhere <laughs> yes. all right until next time all right dan where are you going Later. hack the planet yeah remember you've never committed a crime in your life crime fixes everything the secret ingredient is crime chemical crime Edu crimes.